It's interesting. You describe a world where that device, so that collection of devices, or that hierarchy of devices, according to Sylvain, he wants a whole army helping him, has quite an intimate knowledge, is developing quite an intimate knowledge about you, about your data, your preferences, but also perhaps your weaknesses. And even beyond that, in order to help you very well, like a partner or a life partner, there is that kind of increased intimacy of knowing about each other. That intimacy is really the result of a lot of data that that assistant is going to have about you, the user. Do we have some ethical issues with that? Are there ethical considerations in the design of those systems to protect those data? Almost perhaps beyond the way we protect medical data today through HIPAA compliance or other ways. I mean, we're talking about getting way inside our psyche at this point. So how do we design as engineers? How do we conceive of protecting those data? So I have no idea about the design. I'll leave that to Sylvan. But I will say there is a, you know, like a feel of Big Brother, you know, with that cognitive assistant. And I know I've seen some sci-fi movies where that cognitive assistant then turns on you and does nefarious things. And so I think security, and I mean, we've just seen recently, what, two cyber breaches in the last couple of weeks, one for our oil and one for a meat factory. Imagine if your personal assistant got hacked, that could be pretty scary. So we definitely need to build in security and then whatever else Sylvan says. Yes. <laughs> no pressure. Yes. So Valerie said this is entirely your responsibility to do that. So have you thought about that as you design those data streams as a way to protect that? Because as you said, if I want to know something about you, it will be very costly for me to spy on you, so to speak. But I could easily hack your assistant who knows almost everything about you. Your cognitive assistant. That is a valid concern, just like with any technology that's going to be handling data generated by humans. I think there are two aspects to the problem. The first one, which you went into, was the cybersecurity, the integrity of the system aspect of it, both in the world of cybersecurity and healthcare world. There are a number of protocols and methods in engineering to design systems that counter as much as possible that. Obviously, 100% safety of access does not exist. There is always a risk. So a, a secondary part within that realm of cybersecurity and data integrity is in the way the data are stored or manipulated, adding types layers of security. You know, blockchain is one emerging way of ensuring that the data is better protected through distribution. But you could also imagine certain things about separation of data. So two and two cannot put together kind of process. Anonymization and abstraction of information is another method we can think of to do that aspect of data security. But there is another bigger problem to me, which is what the assistant could do or reveal with the data it has beyond its current mandate of supporting the human for something. Now, sometimes that latent knowledge can yield opportunities for learning and betterment of the human. We've talked about that a little bit, using the gaps that may be identified by the cognitive assistant 
as an opportunity for learning. So that aspect, we were definitely thinking about that and intentionally trying to put in place the mechanism such that when a gap is revealed, it is not about saying, oh, you're bad and you suck at your job, but more, hey, here is an opportunity for improvement and the cognitive assistant could trigger a task, an activity, something for the human to learn and bridge that gap. The problem is beyond that, when AI becomes a little bit more intelligent and can do things that we can't anticipate necessarily just yet. And that I do not have yet a good answer for it, but a lot of other people are thinking about those types of issues right from the very beginning, because that's where it needs to be thought of at the design level. Currently, the gate is really in the interaction modalities, right? The cognitive assistants are built for a specific mandate through their interface. So all of the latent knowledge that could be used for something else typically would not come out. But who knows? We could have a cognitive assistant say things that are very inappropriate, right? In the language that they use, (laughs) that has happened. So there are some methods to go against that, but we're discovering what those types of problems may be as we implement and test those kinds of systems. I'm sure Hollywood is going to have a field day with that. I'm waiting for the next big feature when the cognitive assistant goes rogue. And it happened before, you know, in 2001, when one of the first ones. Correct. My last question for you is, notwithstanding the science fiction aspect of it, It's not so much fiction. We are really touching those assistants right now as we speak, and they're becoming more sophisticated, hopefully more helpful, but with the danger of being also nefarious. And the question is, if you imagine a world 10 years from now, so I'll give you enough time to be right or to be wrong, describe me a day in the life of a worker where you can pick a doctor or a nurse or a command and control operator or an officer or a maintenance worker with the cognitive assistance of the future? How does it work? Can you make a prediction? Are they going to be everywhere? Are they going to be very localized in some specialties? Who wants to start with that wild prediction? Don't worry about predictions about the future. You cannot be wrong. So my prediction is that in the next couple of years, we're going to see incremental evolution of the types of assisting capabilities that we have mentioned throughout the podcast. Right? The, the Siri and Alexa types of things getting better, a bit more clever, having some basic understanding of the environment and the conversation being more fluid and multimodal. And I think that constant improvement is going to happen. However, further down the road, I would see really a big leap happening when data interoperability in various domains is a lot easier and faster, particularly in the consumer world. I would imagine that in the future, those cognitive assistants will be everyday work companion that we cannot live without, just like the cell phone. Nowadays, we would not be able to survive the world without a cell phone. I think down the road, the same will be true for cognitive assistants because they will have proven their value in removing all of the menial little things that are annoying every day about doing things, about data searches, about data understanding, about data overhead. And I would really see that as being the way this concept is going to be in the hands of everyday people. Before that, I think the research is still needed and those key critical environments like defense and healthcare 
will be the drivers of technology development such that in those areas where the cost of a mistake is so high and the demand in human brain power is so high and currently resources so limited, we'll have to have that type of tool or teammate. I don't want to reopen Pandora's box on this one, but that type of support to actually do the work that needs to be done. Those are my two cents prediction for the future. Thank you. That's very brave and exciting, actually, as a future. Valerie, you want to chime in on this one 10 years from now? Sure. Mine is going to be a little more grim than Sylvan because, you know, I'm taking it from the standpoint of an air operations center. And back in the early 2000s, where the air operations center was technologically and where it is now, it has not advanced very far. And so when I look at the capabilities of a cognitive assistant, I just think in 10 years that it will take a while for it to maybe not be developed, but to be fielded and accepted within the field and integrated fully into the workflow. So in 10 years, I think you may get a cognitive assistant that does some of those rudiment, mundane types of tasks that free up the operator so they have the time to really think. And then once they gain trust in that, then I think you could see it leap. But I don't think that will happen in the next 10 years. I think the leap will happen after that. So here you have audience, both optimistic and a more cautious prediction about the next 10 years where artificial intelligence and power devices, software or hardware, are going to be here to make our lives better, alleviate our workload, help us make better, wiser decisions. So let's meet again in 10 years and discuss and see where we're at. The MindWorks podcast will go on for the rest of the century, so don't worry. We'll be here.